Welcome to In The Room, where we explore the elusive world of casting for film, TV, and commercials. Join us as we interview directors, writers, producers, and actors, taking a deep dive into their experiences with casting and how the ultimate decisions are made in bringing a story to the screen. Get an inside look at casting and find out what really goes on in the room. the gun in his possession. They were fine for it. Then you weren't in your holster. I, I don't group. think so. I don't think it's so. Simple. Yes. I don't remember. Well, this is Felix Navarro. I'm Charlie Hobbs. I.A. You ever lay eyes on this hombre? Never laid eyes on him. I doesn't drive all the way down here for no reason. I told you. It's got nothing to do with this. Agent Hitchcock! All you're doing is lottery. I've tried this. Think I did this? Just trying to figure out what side you're really Working out here has a way of getting under your skin. I my welcome to in the room. Uh, my name is John Williams. I am a casting director. I'm Heather Kafka, and I'm an actor. I'm Kendra Franklin. I'm an actor and a casting assistant. And today we have Lance Larson, right? Yes. Excellent. Making sure, just double checking. <laughs> uh, this is pulled from the internet, so we'll see the accuracy. Right? You're 100% so far. Yeah. Good. 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 <laughs> he is an award-winning director. Check. Writer. Producer an editor represented by United Talent Agency. If you need to get a hold of them, reach out to them. And uh, Heroes and Villains Entertainment Management. Yep. Those, those are his contacts. Lance is a quarter finalist for the 2023 Academy Nickel Fellowship. Congratulations, that's not, not an easy task for a script. Hornbird, in 2022, Lance directed and co-wrote the feature film Deadland, which is what we'll be talking about today, which was an official selection and world premiere at South by Southwest 2023. And it's now available on, I think what I found, I've watched it on Amazon, but most all streaming services, it seems, yeah. available. Go watch it. Uh, since 1998, Lance has directed numerous short films, Crosswalk Bloom, Cuckold Picasso, I love that name, and Velcro. Commercials and music videos for Fox Sports, Play Creative, Synthetic Pictures, uh, Stonecore Films, Giant Pictures, and FM Rocks. FM Rocks. I remember Back in FM the day, Rocks, right? Dude. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember them. I learned how to write concepts from uh, Dave Myers. Okay, awesome, awesome. Yeah, man, I I, uh, I worked with him a lot. In 2012, Lance was a finalist at Ridley Scott's Shooters Contest. Congratulations on that. Uh, Lance also works with Fox Entertainment as a producer and promo editor, launching TV shows since 2013, Former places of employment include promo director, editor at Play Creative from 2009-2013, promo and tra trailer editor at Universal Pictures from 2005-2009, and worked as a trailer editor for Blockbuster Entertainment, DEG Productions, from 1998-2005. Lance has a bachelor's degree in radio, television, and film from the University of Texas at Austin. 
All accurate? Hey. All it, man. Woo! Oh, 100%. Awesome. Yeah. Good job, Internet. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Internet fails us quite a bit. Quite a bit. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so you basically were born with a camera in your hand, editing, yeah. basically. Oh, yeah. So let's start, because I don't know. I, you're new to me in the Austin scene. So yeah, let me let, let us kind of know how, how, how you got here. Yeah. yeah. Uh, when I was a kid, my grandmother was bought one of those gigantic video cameras that was bigger than me as a kid and with that you had to sling this thing to put a vhs tape in it yes yes and my brother and i just hijacked it and started making movies and then we were trying to edit between vcrs and getting control track breaks and just you know technology wasn't there yeah, yet. yeah. But, uh, but how did you even know just 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 falling and just trial and error trial and error like even totally. to hook up two different, like, that's pretty, because I did that too, like, just even to know. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, that was probably, like, on the third or fourth go-around yeah. film, whatever you wanted to call those. You know, we made, like, 70 of them, and they were just a total blast, you know, and we didn't know what we were doing and just having a good time and didn't even realize that there were, you know, because we'd go to the movies and watch movies, but we were so young, we are probably seven, we didn't even realize that there were directors and people behind the scenes. We were just trying to make what we saw yeah, yeah. on the screen, yeah. you know, little smoke bombs off and camera. And is this in Texas that. or where is this? Yeah, it's Plano, Texas. Plano, so okay. I grew up in North Dallas, yeah. Okay. Uh, and then came to school here in Austin. The hub of entertainment, Plano, Dallas. <laughs> <laughs> it's where the trees are really short and there's just a lot of cement. Yeah. It's great. Yeah. yeah. You know? So, no, when I came here, um, yeah, I never, never wanted to go back to North Dallas. Uh, it's, it, you know, it's wonderful, but like Austin is really to me the town to be in. Yeah, for, especially for, for this. For but, this, yeah. But any, just regardless, it's just you know the hill country and University of Texas, everything about it. Like you know, pretty much for me. If I I went to LA for fifteen years, but I always said if I could come back, it would be Austin. Okay, here I am. Cool, welcome. And so you're making you're making uh, films films. What kind of stuff are you are you making? For, for it, with the with the camcorder and the, oh, and the we're like, yeah, are they yeah, horror yeah. films? Yeah. Or are they like they were everything? They were robbery, horror films, comedy. Oh robbery. yeah, you know, kind of <laughs> spoofs on TV shows. We would see like I think I think uh, we we did a Rambo one that was fun. <laughs> <laughs> we did I think like remember that heart to heart show? Yeah, we did yes. that. it was so they were great. They're hilarious. You know, they're just do they're so fun to watch. Do you now. have ac you have access? To yeah, them? Oh, do you yeah, have yeah, them? Yeah, that's amazing. Yeah, they're so ridiculous. Yeah, just the neighborhood kids. You know. Dude, we should oh, make, that's make so a short cool. out of that. So funny. Yeah. Yeah, but it's the best film school ever, you know? Um, that reminds me of uh, my first film school class I took at the University of Texas. It was, I was so excited. You know, you go in there and you're, and I get into the class and I think it was Bob Buckaloo who was the teacher and he's still there, I think. Or, um, and he, uh, you know, there's probably 30, 40 kids in there. And he comes in and he says, um, this semester, you're going to make a film. Good luck. <laughs> and we all just kind of sat there and he goes, go. He goes, you know, and I walked out of there. I was pissed. You know, I was like, I'm paying all this money. And I came here to learn how to make movies. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And he, he just threw us out, you know? And so, you know, I spent like two grand, which is all the money I had um, to make this short film and come back at the end of the semester. It's only this, the second class was the last class. Wow. And come back in and there's only like six people show up. Whoa. And he says, he says, okay, well, I want everybody to know you get an A. That's amazing. You know, and, wow. and you're, you're welcome to, you're going to, you're already enrolled into film too. You've been accepted because I wanted to find out who the real filmmakers are. Um, he goes, cause the other 30 something people dropped the class within two weeks of that first class. Did you have access to any tools? Nope. nope. Not no cameras. No, not that first nope. I had to find it all ourselves. Nothing. And okay. so I was really mad until that day I realized, oh. He it's the greatest lesson. Greatest lesson ever because think, nobody's going to help you make a I film. just want his gig. I, that's what I'm saying. I think right. like I'm applying for that gig. Yeah, right. <laughs> that's a great teaching job right there. <laughs> I took <laughs> other classes with him and he is amazing. Okay. Yeah. He really is. But that was still the best class I ever took because if you want to make a film, it's on you. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You know, and nobody's going to hold your hand. Nobody's going to tell you how to do it. Because there's really it's no- like parenting. Right? Yeah, seriously. It's been, yeah, absolutely. No, well, and no one's there for all the no's. All the, like, yeah. or all the waiting for something to happen. No one's there. Or to like to, tell you what to do when that happens. Right. right? I mean, like, I don't okay, even know that well, I know. Okay, well, they said now. Day. So they said no. So now you do this. Right. Like there's no playbook uh, there's ever. There's no guidance. So it's like, yeah. But I think the fact that we're all sitting here kind of shows that 
we're you just you're, we're pushers. Yeah. You just keep pushing, and you don't even know if you're pushing in the right direction. You're just like, well, I got to do something. Yeah. We you can't passed, just sit. We passed <laughs> class one. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Yeah. exactly. <laughs> because that's I think that's the hardest part is like waiting for the no. You know, and then when you get the no, it's like, okay, now what? You yeah. know, and so for me, and I'm sure you guys do the same thing. Is like when when I'm idle. I'm developing new projects. I'm yeah. just constantly developing or building decks or there's never a reason not to be busy, you know? So Yeah, and that motivation is all there isn't a paycheck, there isn't money there. It's just all like on the hopes the and the dreams. It. Yeah. Oh yeah. So okay. Hope so you, springs eternal. So we, we go to we go to UT and we'll get up to deadline here pretty quick, but we go to UT and then you're in film school. Great experience. Yeah. Okay. Really great. Um you know, it's it's arduous because making films takes so much time. So a lot of times I wouldn't take the full 15 hours a semester. So it took me five years to graduate just because. You, but you were focused on the right things, it seems like. You're 100%. Like, yeah. Yeah, I loved it. And you, you know? knew at that point, you're like, I'm making, I'm going to be a filmmaker. Well, when I got to school, I think I took, uh, my first semester I took business and realized very quickly that, okay, I just got to tell my dad I'm going to yeah. go to film school. How, and how was that support from the family? Because Awesome. Like he said, Hey, you know, I'm behind you hundred percent. He goes, I just hope you don't leave a lot, live a life of poverty. Yeah, yeah. And I said, well, I feel like it's a, you know, it's a billion dollar industry. There's gotta be a check in there with my name on it somewhere. That's, and that's pretty good. I've never heard that. Of, yeah, yeah. Yeah. You know, so. Yeah. Okay. And so it, and it sounds like reading the bio that you're sort of like get through school and you're like, okay, I'm going to go to where the billion dollars is, which is out in LA. Yeah. My dad, good advice on his part. He said, <clears> Hey, if you, you know, you want to live in Rome, you got to go where the Romans are. So, <laughs> so I did it. Okay. You know? Yeah. And you were out there too, I'm yep. sure. What, 30 years. What years you, were those? It's 2005 to like three years ago. So okay. about 15 years. Okay. Oh, wow. So you went out there and then jumped into what? Uh, it's funny. I was taking a class. Um, I call it a class. It was like a program called Group 101 and it was for commercial directors. And basically it was, it was, grueling class. I lied and said I lived there because they wouldn't have accepted me if they knew I was living in Texas at the time. And so basically you make six spec spots in six months. And so you, I would fly into LA, shoot the spot, fly back, post it. And, and I was working at Blockbuster at the time in Dallas. And then I would jump back on the plane when it was finished at the end of the month and you show, you show for an advertising agency. So there's a lot of back and forth. And it was brutal. on a blockbuster salary. <laughs> yeah. Well, right. I mean, <laughs> so like my kids and everybody like to make fun. Of, oh, you're a guy, you know, checking the tapes. I was like, no, I actually worked in the corporate, and they had a whole studio. Oh yeah, that's right. <laughs> yeah. Have all that. So yeah. like, how, movie trailers. Got it, yeah. Got it. How yeah. did you do that? Right. It like, was tough. You you, know? you held down a corporate job. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And, and then you would like mark out your schedule. I had a really go. cool producer that would just because she knew I'd be gone just for a day. And oh, so, so you would just be just, gone. You would just yeah, be LA. Your nobody knew. Day. I like, didn't even do that. I just oh, okay. Out and went and came back. So oh, that's nice. Wow. I used to use vacation in my corporate. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and I do that with Fox and stuff like that. And so you're I'm, pulling resources from Dallas, all the actors, all the equipment, everything. No, no, I was shooting in LA. Oh, really? So yeah, I crew up out there, and I went to uh, the University of Texas with Jazz Shelton, DP, and so he was out in Los Angeles. So mm -hmm. he, I would, you know, he was. DP'd all this stuff. So he was kind of helped me crew up those shoots and okay. whatnot, but they were great. And so that gets you where? Well, that's a funny thing is uh, like, and we were, it was cool because like Sachi and Sachi and all these advertising agencies would write these cool spec spots yeah. and we'd kind of collaborate. But on the last one, I came out there and I'd got my editors reel put together on, you know, DVDs. Yeah, yeah. There was no. Yeah, yeah. No, I know. Uh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Had the tower. So much has changed. Yeah. 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 I made like, you know, probably 1,500 DVDs. It's really expensive to have all of them. Yeah. And I go out there and I'm talking to a friend and I'm, you know, just, we just did the group one on one thing. And that night we usually went out after we pitched, got drunk. And then the next morning I was getting on a plane. So my buddy, uh, one of the other directors on the thing says, Hey, you know, let's, let's go grab a bite before you go. And I said, Okay. And he said, So what are you going to do? I go, Well, I got all these DVDs. I'm going to pass them out. And he goes, Well, can I have one? I go, Sure. So I gave it to him. Driving to the airport, and I get a call from Universal Pictures, and they're like, "Hey, we just saw your reel." And I'm like, "How is that possible?" Like I was just, I just having breakfast like mm -hmm. an hour ago, mm -hmm. and they said, "Can you come in here?" And I was like, "Sure." Turned the car around, they hired me, and called my wife, and I said, "Put the house on the market. I'm, Whoa. I'm staying here." So, and she did, and 
Crazy. And so in, in hindsight, is that serendipitous and then was it a good thing or was it a, was it, was it, great. A, it was, okay. I mean, you know, it's, it's like a, I'm saying, cause it derails sort of the directing path, it's a right? Double aid, yeah. Double yeah. Cause sword. then, so then you worked for Universal Pictures as right. an editor. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Trailer editor, promo right. editor. Um, so it's, it's double-edged sword because like it, it does, it pulls you away, yeah. you know? And like, it's like, can you just grind it out and try to direct and, and make it, but it also kind of keeps you in the business. Mm-hmm. It's like, cause if you're, you know, well, it's Wizard of Oz. You're right. behind the curtain at that point, right. seeing how it all works. Hundred percent. Like yeah. I would imagine, it gives you that. And also, too, you can navigate. As everyone knows, once you're in the corporate structure, you can navigate the different departments and meetings and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, and the Which, best from my side, it's you can't penetrate. It's hard to mm-hmm. penetrate, right? Yeah, it... I can't tell you the cease and desist that I have from mm-hmm. everybody. <laughs> and it's weird too because you know, <laughs> don't like submit it's, so, to us. it's so car- car- uh, compartmentalized. Yep. that's the other thing people like, don't know. Yeah. yeah, like you're in the you're in the trailer world and with the marketing teams, but. The, you're not on the production yeah, side, okay. you yeah. know, but I will say that it was the best education, Universal especially, um, was the best education I ever got because, you know, I, I started editing, you know, uh, in college because I wanted to learn how to tell a story in pictures because that teaches you to direct, right? And so when I got to Universal, all of a sudden I'm getting all the dailies in from Ridley Scott movies, Quentin Tarantino movies, Sam Mendes movies. I worked on like, you know, Jarhead and Glorious Bastards and, you know, like American Gangster. And so all of a sudden I'm I'm seeing how the greatest directors in the world shoot and why they make the choices they make. Yeah. And I'm breaking down their dailies and rebuilding them. And, you know, that's what. Yeah, yeah. And, and it, the funny thing about it. You're also it is, seeing the mistakes. You're also right. seeing the oh. excess. You're seeing the, oh. them falling them fit their face, what which works, is huge. What, right? what works, what yeah. doesn't work, all of it, which is massive to see. Like, oh, Quentin makes mistakes. Yeah. Jesus, I mean, they, I mean, I don't know. Those you, guys you do rarely Quentin? do. I don't they know. Don't, they, don't, right. they don't make. They're that good, and that's what's really so for sure. Because he he storyboards everything. All those guys, yeah. they're so good. And uh, you know, when I was cutting trailers for uh, Blockbuster and really DJ, they would make these like fifteen million dollar kind of B-filmish kind of movies, but they they put money into them. I mean, yeah. they were like stunts and the whole deal. But so you learn from seeing a lot of bad filmmakers make bad movies. And then you go to see like Sam, Quentin, Ridley, James I mean, Cameron. Just to get access to Inglorious Bastards and all that like coming in. Like. Well, it's a funny story. Like I, um, I uh, when I went in there, uh, oh, well, they told me, hey, you want to work on Inglorious Bastards? No, I don't really want to work on that. And they're like, why? And I was like, because I don't think a fun shoot 'em up about the Holocaust is a great idea, you know? And they said, well, just watch it. And so I watched it and I was like, all right, I, I love this movie, you know? And so, yeah, it was, it was yeah. a great joy to work on. And, you know, uh, and you just didn't, because you didn't want to be, you didn't want to be all consumed with the, that, that topic or that material or. I just didn't, I just thought it was in bad taste until, okay. until I saw the movie. Yeah. yeah. You right, know, and got it. Cause he, only he could do that movie. Yeah. And that's a real credit to the auteur that he is because. Anybody else tries to do that? Yeah, it's just not going to go well. I don't think yeah. you know, and it's just a very delicate line he walks, and because he has this, he has this magic ability to. A lot of filmmakers will take a scene right to the edge, you know, and then they'll break the tension. Quentin does the opposite. He takes it right to the edge, and then he just has it end way more horrific than yep. you would ever imagine. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And for some reason, you're laughing and enjoying it. The end, of Hollywood, the end of Hollywood, I did not, and I know the story and I didn't see it coming. Well, that's another thing. Cause I, uh, was privy to, I, I worked on the documentary with the real footage from Charles Manson and I saw some shit that just no human should see, you know? And so going into that movie, I was like, I really didn't want to see that movie. I was like, God, I know it's coming here, you know? Yeah. And then he changed the ending. He yeah. changed history. And. I was so relieved and and thoroughly enjoyed that ending because I didn't want to see what I'd seen in the documentary. People next to me moved away. I was laughing so hard at that ending. <laughs> yeah. They were like, this guy is creepy. Like, yeah. I, I was, was just like, this is so good. It's so great. And it's such a, I'm sure you were relieved too, because yeah. everybody feels the elephant in the room that's yeah. coming, you know? But he did such a good job that I forgot. I was like, oh yeah, there's this mm-hmm. part too that yeah. happened. Yeah. He's, yeah. he's really, really good. And I loved how he changed history and glorious. You know, it's yeah. not how Hitler died, but how fun was that? Yeah. <laughs> you know? <laughs> yep. So. Okay. So you're at Universal and then are you, now you're starting to get the itch of like, hmm, I really want to. Yeah. And all film. the while, like most of these places, Universal was funny. Like they, they were kind of okay with me being a director, but 
kind of not where Fox is amazing. Like they, you know, I still, I still freelance for them and, um, and they, you know, if I tell them I got something, they let me go shoot a movie or go do a commercial and they're like so excited and yeah. cool about it. So it just depends on the place. Um, I worked a little bit with Paramount and they were really cool too. So, but Universal was cool. And, and then they would be like, when I would be walking out the door to go shoot a commercial, they'd be like, you can't go. You're yeah. working on Despicable Me and we need you. And I was like, yeah, we just released. And I told you a month ago. Yeah, yeah. And they're like. Yeah, but now we can't. And I was just, so it was really awkward. So then you had to go and try to find another gig that was more flexible for yeah. you because you were like, you ultimately knew you're like, okay. And are you writing on the side? Well, that's the that's the best part about like the whole editing thing was when I was cutting. You know, you're constantly breaking down storylines and rebuilding them, and it teaches you how to write. Yeah, and that's what I didn't expect to get out of it. I thought I would learn how to direct out of it. I didn't know I'd learn how to write out mm. of it. So that was super cool. And you know, I highly suggest. Editing, even if you don't need mm -hmm. to do it for a full-time job, just to do it, to get in there and experiment, you know, because the nonlinear thing is just so practical for yeah. that, you know, so. And so this is sparks the idea to start writing. Yeah, because it teaches you to just kind of, I call it slinging mud. You know, you just throw mud on the wall and see if it sticks and like, oh, that idea actually worked, you know? Yeah. So when I, when I write now, it's fearless, like, because a lot of people are scared to put something on the page. Yeah. You know, they think too much about what is the perfect way to say this? Just put it, put it out. Yeah, I always say, okay, this is like the the B minus version. The vomit it's, draft is yeah, what I call it. Beautiful. Yes. That's exactly <laughs> it. Well, I don't yeah. even I don't even get draft. I just throw ideas. I'm yeah. just like ideas, 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 yeah. ideas. So and that's the great thing about talking to people that have been in the business and working because we get it. Like yeah. we're we're okay with that shitty first yeah. draft yeah. Do you of know that what? scene. Mark Duplass actually just had a really good piece of advice where he said, do it on like a dictaphone or like on your phone record yourself talking it out because then you can't stop yourself and your expectations are super low yeah because you're driving and you know you're just talking or whatever and so you're not expecting it to be anything right. like script correct but you'll also get this great sort of pacing and timing of like the dialogue and the feel of a thing that then you'll be able to go back and translate into actually sitting down and scripting it. But you won't stop yourself, mm -hmm. you know, because you're just talking. Yeah. And that's I mean, he's I've met him a few times because uh, Jazz shot a lot of their movies. Um, that's a genius mm -hmm. because on a lot of levels, that's really smart because, you know, my best ideas come when I'm driving right. in the car. Yeah. Right. And you so, don't have time to write it down. Yeah. 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 Cause your, your, your conscious mind is focused on something. Your subconscious is running wild. Right. So, and you're less critical of yourself when you're just like yeah. rambling, rambling yeah. and talking into yeah. your phone. You're just rah, 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 rah. And then when you're like, now I'm doing something purposeful and it's got to be good. Oh, don't say that. It's stupid. I used you know, to get and you hired like edit by, yourself. by writers, and we'd go in and we'd just work dialogue and we'd just record it all. So we just work dialogue. Oh, now we we'd come from this character, come from that character, and then and then he would come back with the script and we just record it all. That, 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 oh, that's that. a, you have an added advantage because you're an actor. That's great. Right. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, I yeah. usually just type it all out and then go back and see. I get stuck in structure. Well, I'm I, like interior, exterior. Oh, like, I, um, like, <laughs> I, I would get stuck on just like how many different ways I could say he walked to the door. Oh, and really? It's like, I'm going to sit there and waste two hours going, like, trying to describe he how. Shuffled. He, no, he no, skipped. No, he, he, he patted his feet. No, what, what? And I would just, like, pontificate on that forever. And I wouldn't get anywhere. And it was like, this is stupid. Whereas, like, if I'm just talking, because I'm just thinking it out, I'm like, well, he walked to the door. He opened it. He saw Susan. He felt like blah, blah, blah. You know, it's like you're less critical. You're not expecting yourself to sound like you're reading a finished script. You're just yeah. talking right. it out yeah. in your head. Yeah. And it's on your phone or wherever. And then you can go back later. And then you're like, oh, okay. And so I just thought that was like the best advice I'd heard in a long yeah, time. Yeah. He, I mean, the beauty him and of Jay are their masters. Right? That's so good. I was like, the, the beauty of recording when you listen when you actually listen back, it gives you the opportunity to imagine what you're seeing in your own mind. Yeah. So once you get it out on paper, if it doesn't make sense, you're like, oh, he didn't, he didn't tip, he tiptoed to the door. Or you, or know you can hear the inflection in your yeah. voice that helps you remember the way you were describing it, you know, effective, effectually in your head, like the way it felt, you know, to where if you didn't have the words at the time to put it in the mm -hmm. script, maybe now you can think about right. it because you can hear it in your voice the way you yeah. described it. And lately, like with script writing, I, I've tried to make the read as easy as possible on the reader. So it's mostly dialogue. Mm -hmm. I think uh, um, 
oh god oh what's his name uh guy he's a script editor and he said you know the perfect script is 99 blank pages yeah and I was like, that's freaking awesome. That, like, that's smart because I have to read know. a ton of scripts and it's like, dude, so much description. Yeah. yeah. Yes. And I'm always yeah. like at a table read and stuff. I'm like, just you guys, you're not going to see half of this. So you're saying you're saying that, that you're learning that it's make it easier on them. Yes. Get them in the story. Get that's them right. in the- Characters, characters and dialogue are yeah. what's yeah. really important. And I mean, one sentence description, like try mm-hmm. to keep it as short and sweet yeah. as possible because it's- you know, as keep, you guys keep them know. in the imagination, keep yeah. them in the in the visual. But and the that's story. Yeah. really hard. So don't try. It's like to try to start there is a like it's a paralyzing place. Whereas I think if you do your vomit drafts and you like talk it all out, then you can get yourself into the room with that, right? Because like that is actually such a uh, defining skill. Like it's really hard to be yeah. that succinct 100%. and that tight in describing something, getting them in the room that's described the whole place and scene and time and then now you've described the character and now they go and they well, talk like character is number one like if you have good characters audience will follow them to the ends of the earth even if there's not a plot or a story mm-hmm. yeah if it's a, if they're fun and interesting characters you got them. you want to spend time you know, with them duplass brothers are amazing yeah at like they a lot of times they don't even know how their movie's going to end while they're shooting it they're just following these characters and that's why their movies are so compelling and you just watch them mm-hmm. because the characters are great um story and plot are number two uh, sadly, number three is like the actual filmmaking and making it beautiful because, you know, uh, Mumblecore proves that it doesn't have to look great, mm-hmm, you right. know, and I I like it to look great, but that I know that that's like third in the in the chain. Like it has to be on the page first and it has to be great characters. So you're you're editing at this point and you're starting to write. And so how do we get out of that editor's chair into the director's chair? I was always shooting. Yeah. Always like shorts, um, any 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 way to shoot, whether I was uh, getting hired to direct a commercial or uh, music video, whatever, just always trying to find a way to shoot because it's that active. I feel like you can manifest things just by speaking it into existence or actually shooting stuff and just kind of being known in the community and working and you're just honing your craft. Um, so what I would start doing too, like when I have a project is I would think, okay, well, if I'm going to, because I would pitch so much and, you know, bring in all these storyboards and you waste an hour like selling the project. And then when they all love it, they say, oh, great. You know, we've just spent like two hours and they're exhausted. And they say, let's schedule another meeting. I'm like, shit, man, we're finally at the part of the conversation that I was looking forward to having. Right. And so I started making these like uh, vision reels. So I could basically do everything I did in two hours and two minutes. With a teaser trailer. Mm. Yeah, 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 teaser trailer. Like, uh, so, like, I um, remember that became a thing. It was like, you had to just, they, we were even doing books on tape. We were even doing it, handing it to them like DVDs or CDs on the weekend saying, hey, here, here's the script on tape. That's right? so smart. Here's, yeah, here's, yeah. Here's, here's, this, here's a sizzle. Here's, the, here's what it's going to look like. Well, I mean, think about it. I, mean, I started to put myself in executive shoes because these, these guys are looking at so many scripts. Yeah. You know, it's just another brick that lands on their desk. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. And so what I would do is I would make, I was like, well, I'm an editor. So I would cut together these like one minute like trailers that were basically like a deck. I'd find these stills that would tell the story and I'd make like an 11 page deck. And then I would just digitize them and instead of having them. And I would only put one sentence on each page because you don't want to make them read too much. And so I thought, well, I'll just get a voiceover guy and I'll just cut these things to music and make it exciting and fun to watch. And those things started working, yep. you know, and that's uh, the Deadland one. We we actually shot like a little one minute trailer. And I remember the uh, investor, he said to me, uh, Fred comes up to me and he says, so uh, we're going to do this audiovisual presentation. He's bringing in other investors. He's going to do an audiovisual presentation, right? And I was like, nope. And he's like, okay. We talk a little bit and he goes, so you're going to do an audiovisual presentation, right? And I said, Fred, I don't want to undersell the movie. You know, if I, if I'm, I'm not going to have the money or the talent that I want, I don't want to undersell it. And he said, okay, I get that. And he goes, so you're going to do audiovisual presentation? I go, yes, I am. Yeah, I'm yeah. Do <laughs> so I went and got Luis Chavez. So let, let's talk about this. Let's, let's yeah. talk about the, the birth of Deadland and because it is a baby pretty much, right? And, yeah. and, and kudos to you, man. It's not a hard genre to be in. It's a hard story to tell. Mm. It's got, I mean, I'm even still like it's lingering with me because I watched it over the yeah. weekend and I'm like, 
Well, is that because of his father? And is that because of right. the, yeah. like, all yeah. the different layers that you can play into it, which yeah. is a really yeah. hard thing, you know? And especially, I think, from a creative standpoint, acting standpoint, when they they start, you start doing that backstory mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. you can go crazy. So I want to start with, mm-hmm. let's see where the idea comes from and let's talk about talk about how the birth of the baby. I love I love that you asked that question. Because um, when you're making a first feature, it's like, you know, there's much more to be thought because I have, I have like 11 scripts and some of them are tied up with a nice little bow at the end. And, you know, and it's, but I thought, okay, for the first one, we got a, most of my scripts are big, you know, like I had this one script invisible that almost got made so many times. It was like a $40 million movie. And that's what kept getting it stalled because a studio would be like, we had Idris Elba attached at one time. We had Chadwick Boseman attached at one time. And it just Almost. Also, too, without the you having experience, forty million dollars is a big that, check. And that for was them. the problem. Yeah. If it was a yep. three to five million, it would have happened. <clears throat> yep, totally. So you know, Elizabeth Avion, the brilliant genius that she is, she said uh, she's producing. You got to prove yourself. Yeah, she goes. Let's just step back because she was trying to help me get invisible made. She goes, let's just step back and make something smaller. So Jas and I kind of put our heads together, like, what could we, what could we do? And I came across this story um, in the Guardian about this uh, first generation U.S. border agent, and I was like, wow, what an oxymoron that is! Yeah. Like his parents sneak across the border, have him, and he becomes a border agent. Like that is a character worth writing about, you know? So I really, uh, Jas and I really dove into the whole like border and kind of well, also uh, smart. The 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 scale is there because it's like the it's the West Texas. Yeah. It it gives you your production value, totally, and it doesn't cost, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. And I I want to say kudos too to the, the authenticity, and I know that world, and I know my uh, some people that are close to me were border patrol. So I, the authenticity, I think you did a really good job. Well, thanks, man. Yeah. I I got to say it's you know like you have you been down to oh yeah yeah Lajitas yeah, yeah. and all that, and so it's gorgeous, and it feel you feel safe. You are not safe. Yeah. Like, and I didn't realize that, and we were out shooting one day. And uh, the scene where he's going down the river and he's riding alongside and he's kind of looking out the window. We have this camera pointed here and Roberta, our lead's here and it's shooting through the window. And there's a take where you see us drive by and on the other side of the river, there's three federales with like AK-47s. We're like, that was weird, <laughs> you know? And then we kind of stopped the car. And then we're there's not a paved road for a while. Yep. We're just on this dirt. It's not even a road. And this huge semi comes in and it's got a logo painted on the side and we thought it was legit. I'm not going to say what it is because that it would be doing a disservice to that company because I don't believe it was that company. Right, got you. Pulls up and the Federalis across the way, sees us and our car's picture car, yeah, but yeah. it's painted up like a Border Patrol yep. car and saw us and just did a U-turn and left. And we had a Border Patrol agent with us, but he's back at base camp and we told him what happened. And he goes, oh, you guys stopped either a human smuggling thing or a drug, drug thing, thing. Yeah, and yeah. he goes he goes and you're to be honest you're lucky you're not dead because yeah. they mm. they could have just shot you and done the thing mm. and we were like well and wow. narcos ran into you know? that that sort of you know yeah ran into that world um, yeah okay so let's go uh we won't mention Back, yeah, we won't I mention, off we, track. We won't mention texico um <laughs> right uh, <laughs> uh and so you have the idea and you you yeah. you, you guys start writing it because yeah. because it's like look I need to do something that is going to be right to prove so, that I can do right. this yeah and then you ha- then you start to think you know okay so who is the audience and what are we making this movie for and to me it was really important in jazz too like we said look it's first time filmmakers we need to just not we want to sell it but we also want to get into a festival that will kind of get us get us known in the industry so we were really gunning for a sundance or a south by and you know thank god we got into south by but that was kind of the goal and we had this ending you know the first ending of the movie did kind of tie up in a bow and we thought okay this is a festival film we got to kind of just fray the edges a little bit and leave the opening the ending a little more open-ended i mean we drop all it, everything's there. You can figure it out. I didn't. But, I'm slow though. That's great. No, 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 no. John. I mean, it's 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 all there, but it's just it you all know, made we, sense once I got there. I was like, oh, that makes because I, I was just like, I yeah. Oh, well, I, I love it because like people see it and like and some go, well, so that same guy, right? And you're like, yep. And they they ask all these questions like, yep, 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 totally got it. And they're like, okay, they just wanted the reassurance. Yeah, yeah reassurance you know? they got. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. No, the part that that got me, I'm not gonna give it away. 
Uh, yeah, <laughs> I know. I want to talk about it too. But, uh, uh, but you were skipping over how hard it is just to get the financing to get that that whole part. Let's talk yeah. about the birth oh. of this thing. Okay, yeah. so back to the back to the nose. Yeah, the entire career of nose. Yeah, because this is not the first time I asked that investment group to do this, and they and was this a traditional investment group of film or was no? It? no? They're okay. real estate guys. Real estate you guys. Know, okay. Really, really good guys and really smart guys. And I love their motto. Their motto is "Win with us, lose with us," and I think that's really cool. And um, they had almost made invisible because I mean they've got some pretty deep pockets, and it almost got there and it didn't go. And so they said, "Well, let's, you know, let's think about doing something smaller." And so I, you know come back to them a couple times and didn't work. And then this one, they really resonated with this idea. And did they, but they, were they like, okay, cast contingent or were they like, no, they were all in. They were all in. Yeah. They, they just wanted to, this was kind of their way of, cause it was small. Yeah. They were like, in, in we'll their, dip in, our toe into the water and see if this works. And if it does, we'll make bigger stuff. Okay. You know? So this is, their, this is their first sort of, their sort of venture into, yeah. which tends to happen, right? For for these type of investments is you get guys in and then and then you have people that don't know what they're doing, right? And their whole, their whole plan is like, well, if we can get into a festival, maybe we can sell it. And they end up spending 10, $20 million and lose it because nobody knows the business side of it. Right. And that which, was all just based on your screenplay? Well, I like I said, I shot. They they also know me pretty well. They've known me for twenty something years. So they, you know, it was my whole career that right. I think got them to invest because I'd been in Los Angeles for fifteen years and worked for three or four studios, and also been solid directing. Team. They'd seen yeah, all my commercials. Right. Yeah, and you shot that Elizabeth. thing that yeah. you showed them. So they yeah. had the screenplay, and then they had the one minute. Yeah, and the resumes of everybody involved. Like Jazz has had like three. But or like four you didn't have any cast involved yet. You didn't have any one attached. And, and the cast we got is amazing, and they're they're on shows that people recognize. But are they household? Are they names? worth? Are they worth three hundred fifty in Japan? Are they have that? So you didn't have to play that game, which is amazing. Yeah, truly amazing. Yeah, which is you amazing. Have to make the movie. I, I bet Elizabeth probably had financial plans, and sort of this is how we're going to get a return and all that kind of stuff. She's she's so great about yeah. that. Like she's you know she's been a, she's a veteran. that has so been around for. You're her. lucky, right? You get to actually try to like cast. Like you're not told like, okay, you can get these five people, you know? Well, that that happened to me on uh, Invisible. Yeah, exactly. You have a choice of these because this is what's going to cover that bet. And so you actually get to, you got to actually look and say, hey, I can pick who I think is right for the role, which is rare, right? Yeah, it was great. Yeah. It was a real luxury. I, and I, I'm always on these all these calls and we have these lists and I'm like, not once has anyone mentioned, is he right for the role, you know? That happened to me on Invisible, like... Uh, Idris, you know, like we're in the room with uh, Shani Rosenzweig, who loved the script. And she goes, I'm going to give you my best client. And who is that? Idris Elba's like, oh, my God. Yes, he would be perfect. You know, a couple of days later, I'm having breakfast with him. He says, his best script I read in 10 years. And, you know, and, and he signs on. And then one of the other agents, I'm not going to say the name, but they, they said, how about this person? And there was just silence in the room. And, you know, great guy, good actor doesn't do these kinds of movies and it was just a bad fit. Yeah. Really bad fit. And, you know, even Idris is like, hey, that that person's a friend of mine, but not right. It's just not it's and I agree, you know, yeah. and so, but it's the kind of thing that because he wasn't quite a star yet. And so they wanted, and especially with me, yep. who's no name director. Yep. So they really wanted this other person who was super bankable. Yep. To be the train puller. And that person was only gonna be like seven minutes of the movie, yep. but it was enough to yeah. So, yeah, no, I know the game really well. Mm. Yeah. So let's talk about your casting process here because you did such a phenomenal job. Yeah. Like, how, how did you go about? How did you go about the, your casting? Um, I offered just about. I I think I offered every cast member. Like uh, with Luis Chavez, he was the first one. Like I met him ten years ago at uh, the Lolly Film Festival, and he was in it and was in this amazing short called A Day's Work, and it was I think it won like a Student Academy Award, and he was that film. And I chased him down that after that film was like, man, I don't know. You're amazing. We got to work together someday. And then, you know, uh, a couple of days later, my film showed and our film Bloom had won that festival. And he chased me down. He's like, you directed that? He's like, yes, we're working together, you know? And then it took 10 years to figure out what we were going to do together. And so he actually was in the little teaser trailer okay. that we shot to get funding. So it was nice to at least have one lead. Yeah. But then this, then this bigger name, read the script and wanted and wanted to do it 
And we were like, well, maybe you could play the the lead, the border role. And he goes, oh, I want to play the stranger. And we were like, damn, you know, because it's like we can't, because I just couldn't do it. Luis, he's so great in it. And it's like, nobody can do that role but him. Yeah, yeah. So we just stuck to our guns and kept Luis Chavez in it. And then- Well, um, I applaud you because most people don't do that, right? Yeah. Most people are like, Oh, this carrot's shinier. Let's and they yeah. just and they they make the and they make these horrible decisions and ruin these relationships and don't see the ramifications of of ten years from now and being able to make films with great people. Well, the worst part is like I'm an editor. Yeah. So it's like if I make that wrong casting decision, mm-hmm. I gotta live with it every day in the editing room and be like, Shit. and I would just be cursing my own name. Yeah. So you you wuss. You could have you know, you could have had them. And yeah. So it was really great because at the time I hadn't uh, heard of uh, Roberto Abina yet. And then when I discovered him, and I don't want to say discover because he's already working, yeah, yeah, Snow Pierce or whatever, but yeah. yeah, Narcos, and and then I was like, oh yeah, this guy's amazing. So and how he was he brought to you by somebody, or you just were just looking he, around, or I was looking around, but he was recommended to me, Elizabeth, of course, okay. Avion's like, you should, you need to check him out, and immediately I was like, yes, this is the guy, and so met him. He's one of the he he has this uh, quality about him that's mm-hmm. very. Um, he carries the weight of the world on his shoulders mm-hmm. and he's so subtle, mm-hmm. you know, like Jason Bateman did such a good job in Ozark of that, mm-hmm. yeah. you know, and he does the same, like, and, but at the same time, like working with him on set as an actor, like, it's always great to have egoless actors, especially leads, because people think directors run sets, lead actors run sets. Mm-hmm. And if they're pricks, mm-hmm. they make my life miserable and I would try to shoulder it, but Jazz Shelton, I've been working on that guy 30 years. He would know. He would know, how, and it would affect his job, and shit just rolls downhill. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, and so for I, I thanked him at the end of the shoot. I was like, you know, uh, you know, you, you didn't you didn't have to do that, but I appreciate it. You know, I worked one time. I shot a, a commercial with Jeff Bridges, and I was scared to death, like, because uh, you know, it's Jeff Bridges. You don't have to say more. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Why well, he's a dude, right? And so I walk into the trailer to meet him, and. I just, in my mind, I, he was, the first thing he was going to say to me is, kid, you can't tell me anything. Yeah. I've been acting longer than you've been alive. And what do you say to that? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. You know? So it's like, but he wasn't, he was so cool and willing to try stuff and always asking questions and just, and about halfway through the shoot, he says, you know, we're shooting on this playground. And he says, you know, I went to elementary school here. I was like, you are kidding me. Of all the places we picked to shoot, that's actually where we went to elementary school. And so he, uh. He says, yeah, you see, the, it was like the fall. And he goes, you see these leaves here? And he takes a leaf off the branch and he crumples it up. And he goes, see, they're kind of like burrs. And he goes, so what I would do is I would collect handfuls of this. And I go back to my class and my friends were sitting in their chairs. I would just sprinkle it down the backs of their shirts and they're all itching all day. And he just thought that was funny, right? Sure enough, like five minutes later, all the grips are doing this and he just walking by. <laughs> and it's just so awesome, you know? And like everybody, and so he ba- he he did the opposite, like, Instead of being an asshole and and making everybody like nervous, yeah. he made everybody laugh he, all day. And he knows probably that power that he, he has to make an totally, environment that is creative. He totally understands yeah, yeah. the power. And that and that's that changed me. I was like, wow. You know, this guy is actively trying to make everybody's day fantastic because he knows who he is and he knows the power that he has. And Roberto kind of had that too. Yeah, he has yeah, that. Yeah, He's yeah. always, you know, making jokes and having a good time and playful, but still really professional. And that's, it's just nice when, yeah. when people are, they get it. Well, yeah. and that's scary too when you do like offer only, right? You don't know, you don't know if you're going to get. It's, well, I do my homework. I mean, I, I look at every interview they've ever done. I watch right. all their stuff and yeah. I make sure they're a good actor first, but then I also make sure they're cool. But a lot of times you know? your that's finances smart. contingent. Then ask around. That's really yeah, smart. Yeah, it's smart, but also your finances is contingent on, you know what I mean? So you're like, yeah, he's a yeah. prick, but I'll get through it because I want to get right. this made. Totally. You know? Yeah. And sometimes I hope, you know, someday that'll probably happen. But yeah. Yeah. Okay. So, so, but did you have to read or did you audition? Did you? I read uh, one, um, all the roles I offered except for one, um, the Hannah role. I had a, I had a friend that was going to do it and she's an amazing actress, Brie Blair. And she was, she got pinned on another movie and it was a big one. So I understand, you know, we're friends. And so uh, I said, okay, well, we'll, we'll hold till August 15th for you to see if you get the, yeah, right, the show or not. Yeah, right. It all lines up. Yeah. yeah and we'll yeah. hold. But I said, in August, I'm going to start reading people just in case, you know? So I read 3,000 actresses because I had this bar of Brie Blair, who's an amazing right. actress. I was like, and 
Did you do LA or did you do LA New York? Did you did the whole freaking the whole country. world? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, just the whole world. National you know? did national shirts. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so uh, there were like five that were good. That were one was you know pretty big name that they were good. Like they would saw, they would kill it right. But then there was this one performance that came in from Australia and immediately I was like, that's it. Like just so good that it scared me. Like I was like. If I give this girl any direction, I'm gonna I'm gonna mess up my film because she just nailed it, you know. And that's then that's the thing about uh, and I highly recommend this uh, to any director. um, Don't give any direction. Let them read it. Give them the chance to show you how they see it in their mind's eye. Because let you know you want to know who you're working with, right? And then at that point, once once they kill it and they're great, then it's just a conversation. Then you just sit down because now now the last thing you want to do is try to teach somebody how to act on your film. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> what so, are you, you guys is? Uh... I'm like ecstatic over here. Right. You just said that, and someone's recording, right? <laughs> <laughs> you press record. I mean, it's one of the best feelings as an actor. To, I mean, I, and yeah, and to I think have a director it's empowering. Like that. Yeah, it's you know? also it's not even so much about it's. Here's the thing: it's like when we're reading a script we have instincts that mm-hmm. come up this is part of our mm-hmm. instrument yeah. whereas mm-hmm. yours is like you know avid or whatever you yeah. use okay. right your keys this is part of our instrument are these instincts these impulses that come up when we read as far as like oh i could see i feel an impulse to walk over to the door when i say that because now i'm upset i'm angry in this way or i'm whatever emotion might be coming up for me in this scene all of that stuff is done in here, in the reading, right, before we start working. And so then when I come to the table, I feel like I need to, that's where I need to play a version first, like exercise that, and that's when we start the dance, right? right. It's like you've actually already given me, you've made the first move, right? You've already led the dance, and now I'm coming in, and I here's my follow, and then now you're going to start to direct back, right? But if you just like start by immediately telling me like what to do, where to go, how to stand, whatever, it starts to like... uh like just suppress mm-hmm. all of yeah, those instincts that you had in you that then you're like in a place where you're fighting yourself Your to second try guessing. to mm-hmm. give them what they're asking yeah. you for. And then you're trying to figure out how to do that. And then sometimes depending on time or whatever's happening, you start making bad choices and well, you start making like actory choices and you get yeah. desperate well, you also start, and you get you shut start down. You start thinking, I'm not, I right. these instincts aren't correct. Yeah, that well, like you're secure and you just fucking crumble. The best part, the thing that, that excites me, and this is when I cast people is, when I see a performance, when somebody reads for the first time and doesn't know what I was thinking when I wrote it, they just read the script and, and trust their own instincts is you see these unpredictably natural performances. Mm-hmm. Like I would have never told them to do that, but holy shit, that's way better than, and I trust me, I've been sleeping with this idea for 200, you know, 300 yeah. days yeah. in my head. And they just walk in this room and Blow me away and totally surprise me. And I'm like, holy shit. And mm-hmm. the thing about a good actor is that if it's wrong for what you're trying to communicate yeah, I mean, on the page with what you were trying to say, we're open to that part. Right. 100%. Uh, that's that's, that's the best where part. the work, that's where the right. teamwork comes in is like, now help me, help guide me with what you are actually trying to say. And then I can find those impulses to get myself there. Well, that's the creative process. Like that, to me, that's the the best part is unpacking a scene is what I call it. Like Kendall Ray, who was Hannah, loves to do that. And I love actors that love to do that. Because then, you know, when you start to unpack it and talk about everything in it and what they can bring and what we were thinking, then all of a sudden it's, you know, it starts here and it starts to do this, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. you know? And and so what I do is I I don't like a table read. I know a lot of it's just kind of a I, I don't understand table read. Despise reads. them. I don't understand who they're for. I think it's just a, I think it's an icebreaker, and I just sure. Yeah. What I do is I do like a uh, what do you call it a um, I call them micro reads. Mm-hmm. So I'll basically ask three actors that maybe share a handful of scenes, and we'll go sit at a table. And we'll just read through it. And just, that sounds nice. It's so it's like so that I informal and it's and it's small, so you don't feel like everybody's watching you. Yeah. You know, oh, I've been in well, the boardrooms with like, like the boardrooms, all the execs, and no. all. Oh, like, that, and having what to is listen this to for? Some poor yeah, bot. and you start thinking, well, well who? 
because I'm not performing the script. So who am I performing yeah, for? What are we no. doing? Yeah. yeah. And yeah. also yeah. Who, this poor bod who's having to like ramble through the freaking stage based yeah. directions that's just yeah. like bumbling over their words and trying to say it all fast. And it's never going to operate at the time of rate of uh. which you would actually see a thing. So it's just like mind numbing. And you're like so uncomfortable. Well, and I also like, almost feel that way about auditioning. It's like, this is not what you're going to do. Right. That's you're not going to look at what a, we a, do, a, yeah. a, a, a couple of people and with some guy reading, you know, like what what is this for? Yeah. That's why I don't even be in the room. I like I like somebody to to be in the comfort of their own space and shoot it with their own instincts, and that's their time to show what you know who they are. Yeah. Because that's the key is like every actor that's worth their salt brings himself to the role. Then you know, and I did love that when we started that way, and it was like the wild west of self tapes. I was yeah. a master at that. I was like, ooh, I'm going to use this to my advantage. Yeah. We're going outside. I'm getting actual props. You know, it's yeah. like those were the golden days of self tapes. And then it just became this thing where it was like, here's 15 pages, get right. it in the next eight hours, and you're like, oh, well, now I have to become a one woman film crew. Find a sitter, get out of my job, get lighting. Like that's so much pressure all of a sudden that it's like awful. Oh yeah, to me the worst is when I've heard <laughs> I've never done it because I won't do it. Is audition people on Zoom? It's awful. <laughs> it's <laughs> that awful. Sounds crazy to me. Can you, you well, here, here, nobody the, likes here. a Zoom meeting anyway. Yeah, yeah. Right? How now many it's super meetings do we have? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That, Zoom that, audition. That, now they want they'll have the two people right, right, and they'll put them on the screen side together, by side, right, and to it, audition to, right. together. Like, like we're like, in different rooms. You and I are that's auditioning insane. together. That's yeah. insane. Yeah. And I don't see you. You don't see me. But they want them to play off of each other. Yeah, we're and we're not in a pandemic anymore, so we're just being stupid. Yeah. It's lazy and completely impersonal. Yes. Wow. That's crazy. Like, yeah, I don't understand that one bit. But also, do you want to drive to Dallas for? No, I do not. (laughs) And do you want to go for the 405 to the 10 to to Santa Monica back to the valley? No, I do not. But I also feel like there there used to be stages, though, as well. Right. So like if it's down to to the wire and it's between me and somebody and it's like a really important meeting, I'll go. But But don't make everybody drive right out of the gate, blah, blah, blah. Oh, for sure. I agree you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. And just the other side of it is you see a read, you know instantly if they can do the role or not. You don't yeah, need to see them call back after call back. Yeah. You don't need to yeah. see that. You know. Exactly. You know, because if you have to see them 10 times, then they're not the person. Yeah, I or mean, but, but, but a lot of commercials. Maybe. Totally. Right. Maybe. Totally. Yeah. You yeah, have maybe. some work to do on you, right? right. Like, 100%. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah. I've been in the in the room and I've been like, I've been like, God, we can't find it. And I've been like, wait a minute. You don't know what you're yeah, doing, you right? Yeah, seriously, yeah. seriously, because you know how to instantly. Right. Yeah, I'm you know like these three people could not do right. this all day long. Yeah. I'm like, yeah. you are insecure. You don't. The director right. doesn't know what he's the doing. The only time this happened to me one time, um, I read read a person and instantly knew this is this is the lead, and uh, and this is not for Deadlands for another project um, years ago, and uh, this person read it and they were amazing, and I so. I watched it and I watched it and I was like, yeah, this is, I'm totally going to cast this person. Then I went to Jass and his wife and I said, watch this, watch this read. And they watch it and go, yeah, that's the lead. And I go, okay, watch it one more time. Is this person likable? And they watch it again and they go, oh my God, you can't cast this person. Oh. Right? It's like sometimes, because there's, some people are magnetic. Yeah, yeah. And some people aren't. Yeah. And it's just a thing. And it's like. Then it sucks yeah. when they're not and they're good. Or, yeah, yeah, you know what I, I mean. That, yeah, I made a, a. I was making a feature of my own a long time ago, and I had that in this casting of this yeah. one really important role. And my husband and I were so at odds, and they were like, "You have to cast him for Mike." And I was like, "I know he's so much more like the legit guy, but he's not like open yeah. enough to mm-hmm. everybody. Totally, as far as like watchable, well, likable. I think zero charisma and Sam is a perfect example of that, right? Right. Yeah. Okay. It's like mm-hmm. zero charisma. We had those guys in here, and it's like Sam could come off as a real dick, but you there's a, there's a lovable factor to him. That's magnetic. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, and it's it's amazing how that can happen. You yeah. know, it's like and it's awesome when yeah. that happens because those are the best characters. But you could get swayed, be like, oh, this is the guy. This is so good, right? And it does suck for that guy where mm-hmm. it was like, yeah, would have been a great Mike, but there was just this thing about him that I knew universally more people were yeah. probably going to be a bit repelled by mm-hmm. him than but brought that in. guy is probably right for a lot of things that this other guy is totally right. totally he yeah. just can't be the lead the person that you want to follow yeah he, he yeah. can play other roles but that's that's country the, for an old men it's like you want to hate you want to you know 
Absolutely. But some of, I mean, some of those bad guys, I mean, they are, even though they're so awful, they're still, they have that magnetic, you love them. Like Ben Kingsley is a a truly amazing, you know, I mean, Sexy Beast, I think. Yeah. So good. That's so good. I remember when. I hadn't thought about Sexy Beast in a long time. I saw it at Limley's. I was just like, I was just in my seat going, that's so good. Well, the best part about it is like, you know, the first 30 minutes of the movie, they say, you know, he's coming over and they're like, oh, and it just ruins their whole night. And everybody's like, I was like, this character better be See. fucking amazing yeah. because they have built him up to an impossible standard. He better be awful. And then Ben Kingsley shows up and he's like way better. Yeah. And I was like, they knew they had that guy. They had the perfect character because they could build him up and he would still. Yep. That was just yeah. 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 How do you feel as a director? Because some people have come in and said like, do you feel like there is one person for a role that you write or do you feel like it could be when i was younger i did yeah you're open to it now i well having seen so many reads and people surprise me that sure when i'm writing i have a person in my head but when it comes to casting i throw all that out the window i just want to see whoever come in and read it and be the person yeah because if you put this standard, if this person in your head, then you're constantly trying to hit that. And it's, and you're, to me, um, just uh, showing yourself a disservice because you could get better. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? You're it's not like, in a creative process either. You're in a, you're in a, like a, an accounting mode. Like we have to hit a number or something. Yeah. yeah. Totally. Yeah. Totally. And that's the beautiful thing about this business is you can't make a movie by yourself. You really can't. I mean, people do it, but you're living in a vacuum. And so it's only going to be as good as that vacuum is. Mm-hmm. Um, whereas if you're truly a creative process, you're working with like 70 people. And if you can get everybody to be, to invest, that's, that's really the amazing thing. When you come out of a great movie, you're like, holy shit, that took like 70 to 300 oh, I people. I make my kids watch the credits. Oh. I make my kids watch the credits. Yeah. <laughs> and they're all firing to, uh, to hit their best work and nail it. And when it's nailed, you're like, that is an act of God. Mm-hmm. I mean, that is amazing. You know, well, that's what anyone that even makes a film, I'm always like, yeah, whether it's good or bad, I'm like, dude, mm-hmm. it, it. congratulations. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no like, shit, it's right? It's not, it's so difficult. Mm-hmm. Like, I can't even tell you the trail of like hundreds of movies that I've tried to help with that never saw the light of day. There were amazing films. Yeah, and all the energy and the yeah. love that goes into it. And yeah, when it doesn't get made and falls apart, it's just yeah. like, oh, it's killer. So you read, you read for one role, but everybody else was offer or? Yeah, everybody else was an offer. Okay. Just chased them all down and <laughs> begged them. <laughs> no hesitation. How how was that process for you? Um like I mean so so you 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 but you're just trusting at that point, right? You're trusting like that your instincts that this is the right one or like Yeah. 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 I mean that's pretty, you know, that's like kind of scary, right? Because then the first day you're seeing that is either at a read or that first day. I, I just but I knew how good they were. Right? Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? So I had I had an advantage. I mean you did, you picked some amazing yeah, people. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I knew they were gonna be fine, especially after I mean I you know, we'd offer and then if I met them and, and they were not cool, I'd find a way out of it, yeah. you know, but they were all amazing. But this mystical sort of like real, not real world that you were playing in, right? Yeah, yeah. Is hard to pull off. Oh, totally. Yeah. Yeah. We were that As an magical actor, realism. You know what I mean? Yeah. Well, that's why I wanted Chavez, you know, because he's so, he's so good he, at just living in his skin and, and he doesn't, he's one of those people that doesn't have to say a lot. And so he and I made the decision together that he was going to sequester himself away from the crew and, um, and, and just because he knew that when he would enter the movie, it was going to be weird. And so when he, because <laughs> he's, he just has that presence about him, like, and he's a little guy. That's he's got what, such a great face. And all the actors yeah. were scared to death of him. It was so amazing. Like he got to set and he would just stay in his, like, we we're all in this like motel. And so everybody would come out to the parking lot at night because we were bubbled out because it was COVID, right? Yeah. So we would oh, you just guys shot during COVID. Too, oh, right? yeah, yeah. So I just kept waiting for the ground to fall out from under me and it somehow never did. Yeah. You know, we even, we even well, entered. I looked production. at West Texas during COVID too because I was like, no one's going to find us out here. Yeah. Yeah. Totally. <laughs> totally. Go to exactly. And that was the best. That was great. And same thing. We shot the first half in Frederick, Oklahoma because we could shoot interiors and we got the whole town for 2,500 bucks. It was crazy. But, uh, um, yeah. And also, um, I was going to say about COVID. It was so you were cool. all meeting the parking right. lot. You're meeting the parking oh, lot. Yeah. The so motel. so we'd meet and... there and it was great. We'd all have you know beers or whatever, you know, at night. And, but he would never come out and we'd be like, you know, making food or whatever. And we'd bring it to his room and they'd all be like, dude, he doesn't, he doesn't come out. 
Like, what's what's going on with that guy? And I just go, the silhouette in his window. Yeah, like, yeah. <laughs> and he's and he's so stone faced, and he did that on purpose to freak him out, yeah. you know. And and so they're like, what's what's up with him? And I said, dude, I don't know, man. I'm scared of him. <laughs> you know, we're dear friends, and I would just fuck with the actors because that's the best part. Like, I love because their perception is reality. And I was like, man, he freaks me out. And they're like, he freaks you out. And I was like, yeah, I don't know how this is gonna go. Dude, I don't know how this is going to go. So amazing. Like, you know, McCall Lombardi, brilliant actor. He's been to Cannes like five times and he's like this jacked guy. And he, and he was scared to death. Like every time he was in a scene with uh, Luis, McCall hurt himself. Like he rolled the gurney over his foot. He tripped over the gurney one time. He tripped into the mirror and split it. He really split that mirror in that Mm. scene. Wasn't supposed to, but that he was just, Mm -hmm. he was off foot, off footing around him. And it, was great for performance. Yeah, yeah. It and, he, and he probably yeah. played into it. Like you know, it's like, oh, totally. you're giving me something. I'm going to use it. I'm yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, yeah. He's a total pro. Yeah. yeah. And that, and, by the, and by the way, with those micro reads, the the best thing about those things is like when you have those actors in the room and and you know, first you just read it like three or four times, just read the scene. But then something happens that magic started because they're actors. You know, yeah. they just get excited. And they start it. actually acting yeah. out the yeah. scene until so we start playing. Then we block it a little, and and then right when it starts to get really good, I just cut it. We're done and we don't revisit it till the day and we shoot it because I don't want them to Lose hit the magic. That. Yeah. Yeah. You turn the volume up. It's right here. Yeah. Let's wait till we get to set and then we'll, we'll keep yeah, it. Cause yeah. Cause if you peak yeah, yeah. early, mm-hmm. you yeah. never recreate that. Right. Magic. That's, that, that, and I've felt that over, I mean, yeah. Over rehearsing stuff. I felt that for yeah. sure. Yeah. Yeah. yeah Cause then, then everybody's trying to hit that mark yeah. again and it just doesn't feel yeah. natural. Yeah. And that's the key. I think is that spontaneous. If you can get that spontaneity on screen, Mm-hmm. We only got a couple minutes left, so what's what's next? Uh, it's funny when we were um, location scouting uh, for Deadland. Jas and I are driving around in you know Lajitas, and my son is sitting in the back seat, and he's twenty now. He's probably what seventeen, eighteen at the time. He was like, "I got an idea for a movie." We're like, "Oh, we're in the middle of nowhere, pitching." Okay. He drops his bomb on us, and Jim and I were like, "Shit." <laughs> <laughs> like, okay, well, we're going to write that. Like, and what it was, it's like uh, the log line of this movie would be spin the disc if you dare. Um, three friends play a mysterious vinyl record that has lethal MK Ultra side effects. So it's like, that's a, so it's about an unshared experience. Yeah, yeah. Three people listen to this record. They all hear something different. Okay. Yeah, yeah. It's it's neat. I mean, good ideas come from anywhere. Right. Even even our damn kids. Just amazing. <laughs> it's like I was like, dude, that's crazy. And and he li- he loves vinyls. Yeah. He listens to vinyls, and there's like this resurgence of which is that a fun, generation, yeah, which, which is, is a fun, super a fun, a fun world to play around. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So of course I just got a record like player for Christmas. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. yeah, I love vinyls, man. Yeah, they're great. So it's just kind of a fun, cool, yeah. cool thing because you know we have these other scripts. Again, er, most of my ideas started around. 17 to, and they go up to like 40 million yeah. or bigger. And <laughs> so he had this little idea and I was like, wow, that's not bad. So we budgeted it out because we didn't want to do a super low again. So it's like around seven or 8 million. Okay. So yeah. Where's it, where shoot here? Or? We want to shoot, uh, Elizabeth and Nixon were gracious and said, Hey, why don't you think about Troublemaker? Cause yeah. you know, the first half of the year we're not doing, so we are trying like hell. If, if we had the incentive but the incentive's kind of tricky here. Like they yep. don't guarantee it to you. Yeah, they yeah. guarantee it we'd shoot it in Austin. Yep. But because they're not guaranteeing it, we're like, well, shoot, you know, we could really we need it, you yep. know? So we'll see. Okay. You know? And then when I saw you at that event too, you had you had really great advice for people, uh, at directors and coming up and stuff like that. If you want to drop any of your your gems or your knowledge. Whew, yeah. I keep just keep pushing forward, keep doing something, keep shooting, keep, you know, right. You know, like when you're not doing something, be doing something, you know, be shooting those uh, pitch deck things or, you know, whatever you can, you know, it's, that's key to me. It's like, you know, um, same thing with actors, you know, if you, if you're not getting the, if you're not getting to audition, that doesn't mean you can't write a monologue yourself and shoot it. Yeah. You know, and, and, and then look at it, you know, and if it's not on the level, you know, watch watch the best, like a Natalie Portman monologue and say, okay, why is mine not as good as hers? What can I do to make it that great? You know, and that's the bumper sticker. If you're not doing something, be doing something. Right. It's it's the only way because then you get used to pushing. Yeah. You know, and you never I don't know how not to push. Well anymore. the work's not the work's not uh connected to just a job or getting paid. Like you just learn to work. 
And that's what this job, what it is. Just, you just I wake up, I work all day long, whether someone's paying me or not. Yeah, I think you gotta, you gotta be in love. Like yeah. you have to love it. You have to love it. Because there's so many the easier ways anybody... to make money, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's a, and and it's painful when you miss on something. But I think that people get confused and think, you know, the rejection part of it. It's not rejection. Like the only way you succeed in life is through failure. You have to fail to succeed. So. So if you fail a bunch, hopefully you you know you got your eyes and ears open and you're mm-hmm. learning. learning and, yeah. yeah, you're not just doing the same thing. You're failing and going, huh? Well, maybe I'll go this way. Huh, well, that didn't work. I'll go this way. And eventually, you know, like those investors that invested in Deadland, I, I probably asked them ten times for yeah, money. Totally. You know, and I'm I'm gonna keep knocking on their door and they're like, God, you're still here. All right, let's do something. You <laughs> yeah. know what I mean? And that's just yeah, that's the business. You know, yep. and, and you know, like y'all probably walked into a room. Uh, to pitch a project, I, it's happened to me. Walking in the room to pitch a project, I'm like, "Hey, I remember you five years ago. Mm-hmm. I pitched you, and you were at this, you know, mm-hmm. NBC." Well, you're here. also just your relationship with actors, like you were at a f- yeah. festival, and then ten years later, it's like all those really. I was saying this on the Zoom yesterday. I was like, "Man, our twenty years of uh, working seven days uh, a week, nineteen hours a day, and all the relationships we've gone are finally starting to pay off." Only took twenty years. Hundred <laughs> <100%, laughs> percent, though. It's like it's such an incestuous business because, like, you know, people get on shoots and they work six weeks to four months together, and then that show ends yeah. and they go work and, on a different right. show, and then everybody's talking, everybody's yeah. talking, like, "Hey, what'd you work on?" And the town just shrinks and keeps shrinking. Mm-hmm. And like you said, when we get to our age, it's like you kind of know everybody. Yeah, and mm-hmm. I always, when people ask me what I do, I say I'm a carnival worker. We are. Yeah. We, that's I go, we, we come in, we set it up, we do the little trick, and then we say, break it down, and then we leave. Yeah. 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 <laughs> it's so true, <laughs> though. It. It's so true. <laughs> and what's great about it is there's, because what we do is so fun, and and it it truly, I mean, you feel like a kid on set, right? Yeah. And and if it's going well, you know, I feel like in those first three days as a filmmaker, you're, you either win your crew or you lose your crew. And so you're kind of auditioning for them. And so it's like if you come prepared and you're working hard and they're all looking over your shoulder, they're seeing what's on the monitor. Yeah, what are these next 30 days of my life going to be like? That's right. And if it's good, then everybody gets excited and they get empowered and they start trying really hard. Where, but if it's bad, then everybody's like, well, I'll just go take a smoke break and yeah. it's just going to be that show. Yeah. And it's like, but if it's good, then everybody's kind of operating on this high. And it's really fun. And that goes back to your lead actor. Like, what are are they showing up? Mm-hmm. Are they, you know, like all That's those key. all those keys, right? Mm-hmm. They, if they, they they it's from top down to whether you 100%. get your PA is like, man, I'm making something. Mm-hmm. This is exciting. Yep. That's exactly right. Like I remember we were, we were shooting film, and how stupid is that on a low budget budget project? Because it just raises the cost yeah. even more. But it was so worth it on Deadlands, right? That's what at the end I was like, I saw Kodak, yeah. and I was like, ah, oh, yeah, yeah, that had to suck. <laughs> <laughs> but it's so great because it's organic, you know, yeah. and like, I think that's what's so great. Well, for West Texas too, you want to capture mm-hmm. that. hundred percent because yeah. it's so rough out there. Yeah. You want the film to look as rough as that. And especially 16, cause it's just nasty. And like you, when you're shooting, it's an organic process. So that's what I love about film is it's organic. Unless you're shooting like a movie and science fiction in space. Yeah. Cause then it's yeah. crisp. Right. And right. you want the crispest. Right. But right. other than that, I'm always shooting film. Yeah. Okay. So, yeah. All right. Well, it was a beautiful well, film, by the yeah, way. Oh, thank th- you. Yeah, thank you. We're at time. So thank you so yeah. much, man. It was uh, great to get to know you. Dude, and, likewise. Yeah. 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 Nice to know you're here. Yeah. Yeah. I yeah. love it. Yeah, here. I That's great. Love it here. Look, I mean, and we're here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's shrunken town. <laughs> you're right. Uh, yeah, really small here. Yeah. yeah. Our show today was recorded in studio by the good folks at Record ATX. Check them out at recordatx.com. Our theme music is produced by Jonathan Price. You can check out some of the sounds he makes with his project, The Mid-Cities, on Spotify. Follow, subscribe, and smash that like button if you see one. Thanks so much for listening, and we'll see you guys next time.